All right, welcome everyone. Uh, welcome back to the Tone Vase YouTube channel for our second stream of the day. Uh, this one focused more on markets. Uh, the show is called Trading Bitcoin. We'll also cover some gold, uh, some uh, US equities as well. And for this episode, I am joined by a guest that hasn't been on the show in a while. Uh, welcome, Socrates, back to the show. How you doing, man? Hey, Tone. I'm doing great. I uh, sure appreciate you having me on. It's uh, been a while since we've gotten a chance to chat, but uh, we usually have plenty to talk about. So sure, looking forward to uh, taking a look at some charts with you today. Yeah, it's going to be great. Um, what have you been up to? Basically, since the Bali event, you've been home working, trading, uh, building an indicator, uh, very different lifestyle than me. <laughs> That, that's uh, that's to say the least, that's for sure. Um, yeah, after returning from Bali, uh, that was kind of towards the end of October. We were coming towards the end of the year, and that was time for me to really um, uh, reevaluate, take a hard look at uh, how things have been going, how I'd been spending my time, what my goals were, and um, uh, realize my, my results for 2019 were very lackluster, and that's uh, for trading. And that's why I was um, really kind of looking at why that may be and, and realize that I was probably spending... Um, too much of my time away from the markets and uh, have since then um, really cut back on how much I've been on YouTube, uh, only doing that about once a week now um, and have been uh, staying away from Twitter for a good amount and uh, just trying to really um, put my head into the charts uh, day in and day out. And it's um, really been going great. I've already seen a big difference and uh, have remembered what it's like to really um, uh, make the uh, trading the number one priority and the results have definitely shown it as of late. So I'm uh, definitely very happy to feel like I have um, refocused and am starting off 2020 with a bang. Yeah. And that is a very critical point that like people that are watching the show and uh, guys, if you are watching and you're not subscribed, please uh, hit that subscribe button uh, to support the show. And this is a very critical point. So, uh, and didn't I warn you about this? <laughs> you sure did. I uh, had, had good advice. That's for darn sure. <laughs> and look, it's all fun and games, right? And when you first start out, you know, you are trading. No one knows who you are. No one has heard of you. Um, you're trading. You're doing good returns. Uh, you start, you know, tweeting some of it out because you want to. And then you start getting a little bit of popularity. And then it starts with, um, you know, you're a guest on a show. And then you start doing a regular show and then you want to ramp up those videos and then the worst one is you leave your computer and you went on a trip and it even had to do with trading and you decided to see a little bit of the world uh, since you were in asia stopped by uh i believe uh, kuala lumpur and malaysia before you came stopped by singapore after and Man, don't you feel like how many trades do you feel you could have crushed because you were out doing something? Oh, that, that is for darn sure. And um, that's uh, something that um, it's great. Uh, you know, there's a balance and you, you definitely want to um, not be locked in a, a cold, dark room 24 seven. Uh, you, you definitely want to enjoy the, um, you know, the work that you're putting in and, and those conferences that you put together offer such great opportunities to um, network and to meet some of these people that you've known online and, and uh, some really great opportunities. Um, so I, I definitely am excited to 
to um, continue doing a little bit of traveling here and there. But um, bottom line is uh, next year or two is going to be the absolute best time to be trading crypto here and there. But uh, uh, bottom line is uh, next year or two is going to be the absolute best here. time to be trading crypto here and there. But uh, <clears throat> bottom line is uh, next year or two is going to be the absolute best time to okay, be Where is that coming from? Uh, my end or your end? I guess that was on my end. I, I don't know. I think why. that was on your end. Uh, play. Um, yeah, my bad. Uh, so yeah, I'm like, just uh, really excited to be trading, um, trading in crypto over this next year or two with the having coming up. Um, we should be getting some big, big volatility, and I feel like I'm very prepared for, um, for, for what's upcoming. And I just need to make sure to be here in front of my computer. Um, and uh, and outside of that, um, uh, going on some of these trips um, will definitely be a, a good way to to take a break and kind. To reset yeah then that's the thing right like when you go on a trip like this and you will be back at the financial summit you gotta just say i'm taking a vacation mm -hmm. i'm gonna take a vacation i'm gonna hang out with some traders and hopefully i will come back and with uh better connections and better focus uh, and i i got relaxed a little bit i enjoyed a break from the market i'll come back and my trading will be better to make up for it uh, but this is the reason why I don't trade. Like if I start trading right now, I will probably lose all my money. Uh, this is why next year, the only traveling I plan to do is to my own conferences and the rest of the time will be spent trying to get back into trading slowly, uh, trying to, you know, get just, uh, I'm starting to feel uh, missing trading. So this may or may not mean, this definitely means I won't be traveling. Uh, I don't know what it means for the YouTube channel, uh, but it certainly means I want to start to do a little bit of trading next year. And I've already uh, said, like, no matter what happens in the markets this year, I'm not entering a single trade, not in Bitcoin, not in S&P, uh, not in Tesla. I'm not going to do it because I got too many commitments around the world. But as of January 1st, that goes back. All right. I know people want us to get into the charts. We'll probably mention this a little bit later. Uh, but yeah, hey guys, check out Socrates' testimonial on the Financial Summit website. Uh, I know all you guys enjoyed it. It's great. We got Willie Wu's testimonial right there. Uh, please check out the Financial Summit, and we'll probably talk a little more about it at the end for those who are curious. All right, uh, let's go to the charts, man. Uh, we'll go to Bitcoin. We'll talk about the high level first, and we'll find out what Socrates has been up to. Uh, the rest of the time, I'm going to briefly just glance at uh, the oscillators. RSI is bullish. Uh, oh, didn't mean to flip that. Uh, the MACD is bullish, almost fully bullish. I needed to go above zero. Uh, one of the lines still isn't. And the uh, CMF is bullish. As for the price action, uh, we are pretty much very bullish on a weekly time scale. We are on a six of nine sequential. We have broken probably the most critical area of resistance when it comes to weekly candles being this downward sloping trend line. Uh, the only concern is we have gone up a little too far, a little too fast, but not on a weekly scale. On a weekly scale, we still have some room to the upside and uh, this chart looks bullish to me. I will let Socrates take over. I don't know if you want to do your own screen share on your weekly charts, or maybe we should go 
Maybe I can give a five minute update across all my timeframes and yeah. then you can do take over from there because this will mostly be your show. Yeah, go ahead and uh, take a look at a few time frames while you got it. And I'll okay, so let me let me briefly go through the daily then. Uh, we did the show with David Poole and uh, Willie Wu a couple of days ago. That's why I don't have my oscillators here. I only have the BitMEX funding rate, uh, which is getting even more bullish, which favors the bears even more. Uh, that is actually the only negative in the, oh, no, I'm sorry. There's two negative indicators right now for the price of Bitcoin. And the big one, of course, being the daily nine. Uh, I am not surprised that uh, today's candle has extra volatility. Uh, today's candle has already dropped the price about $500. Uh, and the day is only halfway in. And uh, we will see where this candle ends. The high also came in on set candle of the nine. Uh, by only about five bucks, but and on only on this exchange. So what does this mean for me? Um, the way I'm reading this right now, I am looking for a one to four candle correction. As long as this candle is closes in the red, that is already pretty much one to four candles, right? So I'm looking for a one to four candle correction, and then we reevaluate the situation. Can this one to four candle correction take us back down to $5,000 before the halving? The answer is yes. Is it likely? Probably not. Uh, the most likely scenario here is that this current uptrend is not over because the weekly still has room. So the most likely outcome is a one to four candle correction, probably not even breaking the... Uh, the, what do you call them? The reverse point line sitting currently at 9,700. Uh, and this is an area of support. Um, if it does break it, the next likely area of support is the 200 day moving average. But I don't think we would get there in one to four candles. If we do end up pulling back all the way to the 200 day moving average, that would most likely take at least nine candles in which case I would be looking for a nine buying opportunity around the 200 day moving average, the way I'm currently looking at the pullback from the nine selling opportunity. Uh, since today was a volatile day, let's take a look at the four hour time frame and see if it was any useful. Kind of was, uh, the, the nine didn't mark the top, but it was in the vicinity of the top. Uh, but this is a weird candle, which probably knocked away a lot of stop losses on a short-term time scale. We'll talk to Socrates to see if uh, that affected him. I know he trades on a shorter time scale as well. And there was a nine, perfect nine buying opportunity, not a perfect nine, but close to a perfect nine. Uh, right here, uh, this took place on February 11th, and we went up right off the nine into the new swing high. I'm going to leave it here. I'm going to cut my screen share, and uh, we will see, we'll go through all of Socrates' charts. And then I'll, I'll see if you guys have any good questions, uh, but I'm sure I'll have many of my own. Excellent. Um, I will go ahead and take right over. Appreciate you sharing. Uh, just a heads up, the um, audio on your end is a, a little bit scratchy. I'm not sure if um, that's something with the mic. Now it's muted, um, just so you know, but I will go ahead and share and dive right in. <clears throat> okay. Uh, 
<clears throat> so going ahead and uh, wanting to take a look at uh, starting with some longer term charts. And um, here we've got the weekly pulled up, which the most important factor for me on the weekly is going to be the parabolic SAR, uh, the stop and reverse points. This is um, absolutely um, one of my most important uh, trend following tools, helps me recognize are we in a, a bull trend or a bear trend. And very dynamic. Um, it um, can recognize trend changes very quickly. Um, also doesn't have much um, um, false signals or chop or, or whipsaw. Uh, usually when things are trying to um, recognize ch trend changes very quickly, they will um, give you um, a a lot of false signals, not necessarily the case with the parabolic SAR. I will go ahead and make that a little bigger. <clears throat> so here we see that um, uh, in March of 2018, we broke it to the upside and started this bull trend right here, um, broke it to the downside here in July and started this bear trend here. And then we finally broke it um, right around uh, 7,900 here on uh, January 6th, uh, the week of January 6th, 2020. So this was um, one of the final things I was waiting for before going ahead and um, re-entering long. And when this happened, I was actually live on air when this SAR broke and I got um, uh, really excited. So that was kind of cool to see that happen live on air. And in terms of the weekly, chart that is the most important metric to me we'll always keep my eye on the TD and tone has already covered that um, so now I'm going to zoom in a little bit and cover my next favorite um, trend tool and that is the Ichimoku cloud Ichimoku cloud and, and what you, um, what you guys will see here is that um, all of my indicators um, that are my favorite uh, that I mentioned as being my favorites tend to signal around the same time. So we saw the weekly SAR break right around 8,000. And we see the same thing occurring with the Ichimoku cloud in terms of it turned fully bullish um, right here at 8,000. Uh, when this candle closed right here, we were at 8,100. And uh, this told us the trend is now fully bullish and this was a buy signal. Uh, so this occurred, we have a Kumo breakout, close above the cloud, bullish TK cross, bullish Kumo twist. So right here, the cloud was fully bullish and um, signaling an entry. Uh, we had something similar actually just occur on the three-day cloud, which has a bullish TK cross, bullish Kumo twist and just closed above the cloud, signaling a um, entry there. So uh, daily Ichimoku cloud combined with the weekly parabolic SAR are my two favorite trend following tools. And when they line up um, like they did here, um, it's a time where I like to uh, generally take a big position. Um, that This is what I look for is for the daily cloud and the weekly SAR to line up and signal trend changes around the same area. And I do use traditional settings on the cloud. Many people use uh, double settings. So just uh, to be aware with that. Um, last thing that I use to determine trend and to signal entries as the 50 and 200 EMA on the four hour chart. 
And I look for um, when these are crossed bearish, it's a bear trend. When they're crossed bullish, it's a bull trend. And I look for those three tools to line up um, when we have this one crossed, but the bearish weekly SAR and bearish daily cloud tells me it's not really a bull trend. I look for all of them to line up. And that's exactly what we got um, right in here. We got the cross that occurred um, when price was about 78.50. And that occurred basically at the same time that uh, the cloud and the weekly are were turning bullish. So right here is where I was buying in a big way. And not only did we have all three of my favorite tools lining up, we also had one of my absolute favorite patterns um, getting printed. Uh, so let's go ahead and take a look at the um, Wyckoff accumulation. Let me try to get a schematic up next to it so we can see uh, what I was looking at there. So hopefully people can see this all right. Um, what we had here was a, um, right here was a preliminary support. Um, when we broke down to around that 67.50 territory, we got a selling climax at 65, followed by an automatic reaction, which we can use to create some horizontals. After that, um, we got a secondary test. The secondary test came down to the, the um, preliminary support opposed to the selling climax, which is the one variation. Other than that, this is pretty textbook. Um, here we get the secondary test in phase B, which breaks down below the selling climax, very important. And then we get the LPS, uh, last point of supply right here. And this is where you start buying. This is where the buy signals start to come in. Um, so we got the LPS here, LPS here, and then Right here is where things get really interesting when you break above the automatic reaction and get a throwback uh, to retest that prior support. Um, so that's where I was um, basically taking the biggest position out that I've had since 2017 uh, because everything that I like to use was lining up so nicely with the three trend following tools along with one of my favorite um, uh, patterns. And then one last thing that we can look at uh, before I pass it back to tone was just the uh, pullback and into the daily um, golden cross. So right here, we had kind of gotten a little bit above the moving averages and they still had a bearish cross. And right here, as we were pulling back to get that last sort of entry on the Wyckoff, we were pulling back perfectly into that 200 day exponential moving average. Um, so this action back in here was just absolutely perfect. And um, from here, I am basically looking for some um, some big numbers where we're seeing a very beautiful uh, cupping, uh, kind of cupping handle right here that maybe this was the handle, maybe we're gonna get a handle in here. And then, um, also just looking at some, uh, horizontals, uh, whoops, let me see here. Um, the one last thing that I was looking for on the weekly was for price to create a higher high. And that just came in, I believe yesterday above this high right here. So we have created a higher high on the weekly and now, um, some things are starting to get very, very interesting. And, um, yeah, I've got, uh, just a, a couple other things uh, real quick before sending it back is that I do think we are due for a correction here, uh, mainly due to Tone's uh, TD sequential. Not only on the daily do we have a nine, but we've also got nines on a couple other time frames, And that's something else that I look for is multiple time frames to line up. So right here on the two day, I'm hitting a nine following a reversal candle and forming a reversal candle here. Um, we see that the nine worked pretty darn nicely last time and also a five day. 
nine plus reversal candle. Uh, we see that the last five day nine was very near the bottom. And uh, now we're looking at a five day nine with a reversal candle. So daily two day and five day nines um, coming off some reversal candles tells me that we could definitely be ready to um, correct a little bit. And if that happens, I'm going to be um, viewing it as a great opportunity to buy the dip and kind of hoping that um, we get some sort of cup and handle action like that. And I think you're on mute. Oh, my bad. Uh, the, okay. um, yeah, I, I fixed my microphone issue. Uh, hey, no, don't go off screen share. Go back to screen share. Uh, okay. We're, we're going to stick with your charts for a little while because when we get to gold and S&P, uh, we're going to go from your side first and then I'll give my take. Sweet. So um, let's talk a little bit about the short term. Uh, did the volatility in the last 12 hours uh, mess with some of your trades? Um, nope, not, not, not really at all. I do have um, um, pretty... Uh, pretty wide stop losses, at least uh, relatively, um, relatively speaking. Um, so for, um, uh, for the most part, my kind of worst case scenario stop losses all the way down here, um, using the weekly parabolic SAR. And then we'll also be using um, some other tools to maybe front run that um, or to start scaling out if I don't like what I'm seeing. For example, um, if the four hour moving averages crossover, that's gonna be a very bad sign to me and I'm going to want to um, start scaling out or fully exit. Um, and we'll also be um, looking for these lows to hold. If we start um, right here specifically is what's um, very, very important to me is around 82. So I'm gonna be a very aggressive buyer anywhere from like nine to 98. Um, and as long as we stay above 82, I shouldn't be in danger of uh, having to scale out at all. Uh, have you traded any shit coins? Uh, the Bitcoin dominance has dropped approximately five to 6%. Um, all the shit coin crazies uh, think that that's actually gonna amount to something useful in the future uh, when their coins down 90%, but now all of a sudden it's up like 50 or 60%, which means absolutely nothing. Uh, but um, have you taken advantage of the shit coin pump? Uh, yeah, I sure have. Um, that's been pretty sweet. Um, so let's go ahead and take a look at Ethereum. There's actually a neat chart that I was excited to show you here on the four hour Ethereum chart. Um, let's take a look at what we got um, in terms of, uh, I was tweeting out yesterday, a beautiful hyperwave fractal that is occurring on the four hour chart with Ethereum. And that gives a great opportunity to go ahead and uh, shill the book that Lee and I have been working on. Uh, just yesterday evening sent off the final uh, draft to the publishers. So that is very exciting. They said that uh, it should be three to four weeks to get it published from here. And it should be um, ready to go here very soon. And one of the chapters is for hyperwave fractals. And that is um, the same pattern that occurs on lower time frames and uh, definitely um, some uh, intricacies and some variables that you need to take into account. But what I have noticed is that it can be a very 
um, great way to help identify um, the tops of these little kind of mini parabolic moves. Like as this thing has been moving, it's I've really been wondering how far can this go? And then when this jumped out at me as we were taking off yesterday, kind of almost 90 degrees, it's like, wow, this looks like phase four of a hyperwave. And when I see that, it tells me that we are probably very near some sort of uh, local top. And um, a close below this trend line was an area that I'm uh, looking to go ahead and trim, uh, take some profit on my position. I'm up, uh, I'm up like 100%, not using any leverage bridge got in around the same. Can you, can you zoom in on that? Say that again. Can you zoom in on that? Uh, yep. So are you still in the long or are you already getting out because the trend line's broken? Yeah, I'm still in the long and I'm going to be um, holding on to the uh, at least half of it for, for a while. Um, this did break um, I, uh, right, basically right after I went to bed. Um, so this is um, where I'm going to be I'm going and uh, taking a little bit more profit. I have been taken. Basically, I entered um, and we will get into um, I will explain my new indicator to everyone here um, in a moment. But before doing that, I'll go ahead and show people why I bought in. Um, and that was because I got this open long signal from my indicator MSR uh, right here at 148. So bought in here and have been trimming. I trimmed at 200, uh, took 10% off the table, took 10% off the table and probably going to take another 20% off the table. And I'm looking to re-enter. Uh, I think 230 is going to be a, a really good area of support. So if I'm uh, able to re-enter around there, I will be uh, very interested in, in getting back to 100% of this exposure. Because uh, I do think that there's there's a lot of upside. And I just think that this is probably going to be a, a little bit of a, a local top um, where I am going to be uh, looking to take it just a little bit more off the table. But essentially, until um, this indicator MSR tells me to exit, I'm going to be holding on to at least 50% um, of my position. Um, and potentially that could be a good segue to go ahead and get right into that. All right. Um, yep. I got another question. It's a, it's a good question. I had it myself. Uh, so uh, your focus is on the Bitcoin USD chart. Uh, do you pay attention to the, uh, oh, sorry, Ethereum USD chart? Do you pay attention to the Bitcoin USD? Uh, sorry. Do you pay Jesus Christ. The shit coins are killing me. Um, you are on Ethereum versus dollars. Um, how much does Bitcoin versus Ethereum chart matter to you in these trades? Uh, huge. This is well. I don't take into account the ETH BTC chart when I'm trading ETH USD, but I do try to take into account the full picture of the market to tell me, um, do I really want to be in shit coins? I, I want shit coins to be bullish against Bitcoin. Um, I don't want that. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, if um, I only want to be long shit coins, if they are bullish against US dollar, I don't care if uh, ETH is going up, if it's going up less than Bitcoin is going up, uh, but if it's going up more than Bitcoin is going up, well, now I, I really do have to start paying attention and this is actually an absolute critical do or die um this is this is the number 0 0.026 for ETH btc is the number if it breaks through that i'm gonna have some big targets and i don't want to but that's what's gonna happen um so here we're looking at this trend line here and this horizontal here if this thing gets above 0 
um, then I'm going to want to kind of scale up my exposure to alts. Uh, but that remains to be seen and I don't really expect it to happen. I have been very bearish alt versus BTC leading into the halving um, with Bitcoin halving. I, I, I think that alt should probably go up against US dollar maybe, but have a hard time against Bitcoin. So I've been very bearish um, these types of pairs leading into the halving, but I've been being proven wrong over the last month. So I'm needing to kind of reevaluate and this is my reevaluation. If we break above this, um oh gosh dang uh, give me this little tool here uh so if we break above here kind of come back up to 0 0.35 um i would be looking to buy any pullback here in a in a in a pretty darn big way because uh, i would see just a bunch of upside um, above this horizontal, which I would think it would be able to do if it's able to break this trend line and get back above this critical horizontal. This has been the point when it broke down this, I became very bearish and started targeting all the way down here, um, which we almost got to. Uh, but now that we are getting back above this horizontal and challenging this trend line, it's getting very, very interesting. And um, one other thing to cover real quickly is the Bitcoin dominance chart, which is in a very critical spot as um, I would expect based on ETH BTC being the leading kind of pair and it being in a critical spot. Uh, something that I've been paying close attention to is this trend line, which is quite possibly um, done. So let's see if we can get, uh, weekly is how I like to look at long-term trend lines. And that's how it should be drawn. As far as I'm concerned, we connect um, no closes below and get all these touch points. And right here, we are threatening breaking it down. It may be some sort of trap that gets everybody to trade their Bitcoin for shit coins right before it takes off. It definitely could be. This is an area of support. Um, horizontally, um, and we haven't closed the weekly yet. Uh, so if this closed back above this with some nice wick below, now it's getting really interesting for alts to regain some value against Bitcoin. But if it closes below, um, then this is going to be kind of the same, the, um, the opposite of the situation I was showing with ETH BTC, where if it closes below, I'd be kind of expecting this to be the selling opportunity, i.e. the time to long alts versus BTC. <laughs> All right. Um, I don't know if you can pull it up. Um, let's um, let's briefly mention Unconfiscatable. Uh, the fact that you have a workshop up there, if you want to just pull up unconfiscatable.com and uh, what that workshop is going to focus on and maybe give us a little bit of a sneak peek at your new indicator. Excellent. <clears throat> Um, so yeah, here we are at unconfiscatable.com. Just signed up for the poker. Oh, tournament. and you're definitely gonna play in the poker tournament. I sure am. I just Man, you up. guys, you guys should have seen the epic final hand of Socrates <laughs> and I playing on the first night. We we were, so poker. We started playing poker. I thought it was just gonna be like <laughs> a you know a three hour game from like 9 p.m. till like midnight. Maybe we'll you know be rebels and play till 1 a.m. because both of us have to present trading strategies the following morning. And Socrates and I are the last two guys standing. He's a better poker player than me. And the sun is rising and neither one of us wants to split that pot. We're playing till the end. And uh, we go all in after the flop. I have him beat with top pair 
and an over pair and a kicker that's higher than my pair. And he's going in with a flush and straight draw and gets the flush on the river. Oh, that was so sweet. And you were exactly right. Uh, neither one of us wanted to uh, to split the pot like we probably should have after after 3 a.m. And it's only us two. Uh, we kept going. That was uh, sure sure a heck of a lot of fun. And yeah, I, I just uh, got my entry in uh, just a couple days ago. So definitely looking forward to uh, playing in the in the poker tournament. You guys will see me there. Also signed up for the carnivory dinner. So uh, definitely uh, get into that. Anybody who is uh, looks like there's still some seats left. That'll be a lot of fun with some great food. Um, and here we see uh, workshops. Um, uh, I think I am on the 20th, uh, 21st actually. Okay, perfect. And uh, yeah, we did get a sign up yesterday. So down to only four seats left. And uh, what we're going to be covering is advanced consensio is going to be the primary topic. Um, uh, that was the the last uh, workshop that uh, Tyler and I were preparing. We we had it scheduled. We were um, had, had everything set up for next Friday. We're doing advanced consensio workshop. Had a bunch of uh, people sign up that have since been kind of contacting me, seeing if if this is something that I would be able to um, spearhead on my own. And and I am very excited to to get the opportunity to do so to kind of go ahead and and complete that uh, webinar that we were planning. And um, that will be um, really a bunch of really great stuff. Uh, there is some um, introductory Consensio stuff on YouTube. Uh, go out to YouTube, uh, look for deep dive into Consensio. If you want to learn more, just get an idea of what this is all about. Um, this is the main tool that uh, the foundation for MSR and the foundation for identifying trend and signaling entries and exits. It's a full uh, comprehensive system. Them. And I had um, um, adjusted uh, how Tyler used Consensio. I changed from simple moving averages to exponential and um, used different period moving averages and combined that with Wells Wilder's parabolic SAR uh, to create the indicator MSR. And that was what we were looking at um, before, uh, why I was saying that I am currently long um, Ethereum and Bitcoin as well. I, I talked about, um, I didn't talk about MSR, but that actually was what I was waiting for to actually trigger my entry with everything good going on. I was looking for um, that signal to come through before building a position in a big way. Um, so just real quickly, want to talk about why it was designed, what it's for. Um, it was set up for crypto um, and actually, I want to pull up the Bitcoin shirt. Uh, and it was designed to capitalize on these parabolic moves. Um, what can be really hard when the market uh, takes off is to uh, figure out um, how 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 far to let it run. You know, when this thing was moving like this in 2017, we all thought it was like overbought, and it's time to take profit in here. You know, uh, so figuring out how far. How, how to trail this stop loss such that we allow these moves to take off, but we don't cost ourselves too much. We, we get out, you know, somewhere relatively around the top, maybe quarter, um, but we don't uh, get mercilessly um, kind of whipped in and out. And that's um, what the um, best thing about this is for me is how it is able to keep me exposed to these big parabolic moves and also um, the risk reward that is associated with it. When it's wrong, the it's not um, costing me very much money at, at all. Like here we see a, a signal that was wrong. Um, ex excuse me, that, that isn't a good example. Um, 
I'm sure we'll see plenty. Uh, let's see here. I'm sure open short. Yeah, so here we go. Open short 9769, close short 10,310, uh, 314. Uh, so you'll get definitely some situations where you're losing 5, 10%. Uh, but when you win, you're going to be winning 100, 200, 300%. Um, and that's what this has been designed for is to be able to go ahead and capitalize on these big parabolic moves. Uh, get you out near the top and then also get you entered into the short side. Um, so I mentioned how 2020 has been off to a good start for me and that is um, all due to MSR um, guiding me through this recent action. Uh, getting me short, uh, shortly after getting back from Bali, um, entered in short here at, at 86.34 and was able to hold on to that um, all the way through here. And I did, like I mentioned with Ethereum, how I trimmed on the way up, I was trimming on the way down here and was able to trim down in here, held on to a good portion until we got the close short and then went ahead and fully entered long once this came in. Um, so this is something that has been um, going really, really well. We've been getting some really good signals as of late. Um, people are um, really, really happy with it so far. And oh, wait, 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 go back, yep. go back, go back. You got it. Um, I, you, you, that, ah, uh, man, um, that close, the short close at the end of October while we were in Bali. Nope. Sorry. The prior one. Yep. You don't think that came a little bit late? That yeah, must have this, been frustrating. This was very frustrating. This was a, this was a brutal spot. Um, and this was a situation where I had to ask myself, is this, is this something that's okay? And is this acceptable? And I, I definitely think it is uh, reason being is this was a record move in Bitcoin. We had never seen Bitcoin move this much in a 24 hour period, as far as I'm, as far as I know, like ever, like dating back. And here, here's the irony, right? For you, barely travel anywhere. Was that the first time you like left the US? Um, first time outside of North America. First time outside of North America. And not only are we in Asia during this, we are literally in a cave when that happens. <laughs> <laughs> yep uh, sure sure with like almost no internet connection <laughs> yep uh, absolutely like the, the the two hours during that entire financial summit we were in a cave on the beach eating an entire roast pig <laughs> that had that begins <laughs> That's exactly right. And I think uh, in the cave was when the kind of the shakeout uh, occurred. Um, and then uh, and then actually, I remember pretty darn vividly that as this was taking off and really um, above 10,000 here, we were in the conference at uh, Singapore. I remember um, watching a speaker and having my looking at my phone, seeing this thing taking off over 10,000 and um, not having any idea what in the heck was going on. I'd never seen anything like that before. But right here, I remember too uh this was um th this was uh, kind of the start of it and um right when this happened um i remember joe saz in the cave kind of uh, taking a look at the order book in real time and kind of walking us through what he was seeing and i remember being very very happy uh because i was um in this short and now that we are breaking this down my target was back then a uh, sub 7k and i was starting to get really excited as this happened and when this occurred it just totally spun my head into the ground i i had no idea what in the world to think because absolutely this um was a 
big move to occur before I was able to fully exit uh, my position. And again, that's where I kind of mentioned with on Bitcoin, um, when I'm at my when I'm at my computer and um, paying very, very close attention, I am going to be looking at like this high as, okay, if we break above this high, I need to start scaling out. And I might've gotten um, out in a big way, like here and then here potentially opposed to all the way up here. Um, but definitely not when I'm not fully devoted to the market. So that, that was a, um, a tough situation right here where I had a, a short that was very profitable and a lot of that profit got uh, taken away in the blink of an eye. But this was a situation that just wasn't normal at all. This was a, a move that was unprecedented that I can't, uh, and when we get an unprecedented move, I've got to expect it to kind of hurt in some way. And at least in this way, it hurt by taking away unrealized profit opposed to actually costing me uh, money. So yeah, that's, that was a, a spot where um, if we, if we totally break down from here, you know, down to where I was looking down to 8,000, it'll be a similar situation, you know, where it would be me holding on all the way to a very, very profitable position all the way back down into here. Um, but um, I would be, you know, scaling, scaling out on the way down likely um, or, or having a very good idea of um, why I want my stop down here to really give it room to, to, to move. And that, that's, um, that's why this type of thing will happen because I do like using wide stop losses that really don't get me to, to try to basically avoid getting me stopped out on action like this. Ideally, my stop loss is going to be so wide that it doesn't get triggered on an action like this. And if this wasn't such an unprecedented move, if it was a more of a normal move that kind of pulled up right in here, then I would have been able to hold on to that $10,000 short all the way down to the bottom. But that, um, uh, again, I was able to just kind of get out and then get right back in. So no, no real big deal. Uh, just a little bit of unrealized profit missed out on. Uh, I got another question for you, but I just want to mention that was such a crazy 24 hours, not only in the market, but like for us, because ugly got wrecked a little bit on the final big candle down. Yeah. right before the up because he had already gone long um over a little bit earlier due to uh contango i believe i always get him confused contango and backwardation um uh, yeah i haven't traded in a while so he had already he had just gone long and that like literally took him out but then he was smart enough to get back in long uh right after that and he actually did profit on the pump and uh but that big pump or, or was it, uh, yeah, I think you're, you're, you're exactly right. We went into backwardation and here ugly went long around this yeah, area. Backwardation, uh, um, and when we were in the cave was when he was getting stopped out was on this. Yeah. Cave. So he got stopped out there and, um, and then we go up and that was like our last night there. We were dealing with the Benzen situation that we, you know, uh, on top of it that night, uh, literally the, the crash happened in the cave. And then the upswing happened when you and I are in Singapore the next day. Uh, that's what it was. So the, the crash happened in the cave and then the upswing happened when we're, we're traveling from Bali to Singapore. So it's like the worst timing ever. Okay, back to your indicator. So the indicator just like pops up at a spur of a moment, right? Like you don't see how it's reacting from candle to candle, kind of like the parabolic SAR gives you an idea of how close it is, uh, how strong your trend is. This one looks like it's on a dime. Like you have no idea when it's gonna show up, right? There's no like 
indication leading into it, hey, tomorrow or next week, there's most likely the indicator will say something if X happens, uh, which is kind of my thing. Like, I don't like spontaneous pop-ups saying, do this. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, then this uh, probably probably wouldn't be a, a good option for you because this is, that that is definitely how this works is just a, um, a spontaneous uh, signal. I guess that's not spontaneous; it's very calculated. But it'll be a signal that um, you you can't uh, necessarily be um, uh, overly prepared for unless you know exactly how it works, like myself, because uh, exactly. it takes into yeah. account um, a, a variety of time frames and a couple different indicators and combines them all together and waits for um, all of these subconditions to be met. And then once that occurs, boom, uh, that's when the signal comes through. Okay, so, so this is, it falls into that definition of a black box for me, unless I know the inner workings of it. Uh, absolutely right. Yep. So can you just remind us what, um, what factors are in it? Uh, Moving averages, parabolic stars. You mentioned multiple time frames. Maybe you can mention not necessarily which time frames because that differ based on the time frame you're looking at, but which additional time frames in relation? Does it look at lower level time frames, higher level time frames, like how far, what the range is? Just give us some general uh, things that went into the indicator. Yeah, absolutely. So it's uh, the foundation is consensio, and then um, that's um, combined with the. Uh, uh, can you just uh, for some of the new people that may not have watched Tyler's show, can you just explain what consensio is? Yeah, absolutely. Um, consensio is a um, trading method developed by Tyler Jenks. That was the foundation for how he uh, managed billions of dollars throughout his career. Um, it's um, pretty pretty straightforward. Um, uh, in theory, but in practice can be uh, kind of complicated, hence the need for an advanced course. And uh, so Consensio just implements three uh, moving averages to identify trend and to um, signal entries and exits. So let me pull up my three that I use. Um, and and the, the, the moving averages that you use aren't uh, important. And Tyler was very specific about that. He said that you should adjust them um, to be well-suited for your um, the markets that you're trading. So what you look for is for um, the angle of the long-term moving average to determine the trend. So here we have a uh, bearish trend. And then you look for crossovers to signal um, entries. And, and sure enough, since conditions on higher timeframes were met right here, this crossover signaled an entry. Uh, we have bear trend confirmation from higher timeframes. And um, there we go, right there. And then here, we've got um, a reversal that is in the mix. Um, since we have the long-term moving average going from down the first condition for that is to go from down to kind of flat. And then once it turns up, now this is a bull trend. And since this is turned up, I have been considering Bitcoin in a bull market. And uh, then here is where the entries start getting signaled as we've got a flattened long-term moving average and it turning up, you look for the moving averages to cross and that signals your entry uh, based on consensio. In this situation, we didn't yet have the higher time frame conditions met. So we waited for that and um, here we go. Uh, that uh, is now fully bullish and 
buy signals coming in from Consensio here. Uh, so that's how this works is Consensio on the time frame that you are looking at on the chart, and then it will use higher time frames um, for confirmation. And that's why you can't use too high of a time frame for um, the indicator MSR specifically in crypto, because then the higher time frames just become too high. So yeah, it's, uh, we'll be starting out with the time frame you're looking at, and then we'll complement that with higher time frames. Got it. So you go to the up, not the down. Yep. Uh, okay. And so it uses utilizes um, moving averages with Consensio. Utilizes a higher level time frame. Does it utilize parabolic SARS as well? Yep. Absolutely. Uh, anything else? Uh, that, uh, those are the two. And that's, uh, that's where the name comes from. Uh, MSR is for uh, EMA, exponential moving average, and then SAR, parabolic SAR. Those are the uh, two, two indicators that are developed into there. Can you uh, pull up the parameter settings of uh, MSR? And does the user have the ability to adjust any of them? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you can um, uh, come in here and adjust the uh, moving averages that get used. Um, for me, the, the uh, primary moving averages that I default with are the 50 and the 200. Um, some people have been finding success by adjusting these and uh, a handful of people have actually been developing this into a bot and have been uh, showing some really good results so far. So it's neat to see that um, they're able to um, back test some different uh, moving averages to see which ones work best to we can adjust the uh, simple moving average. I don't even know what this is, weighted moving average maybe. I don't, I don't use it. Um, and then we can also adjust the time multiplier, which is very important. Uh, if we go into markets that aren't open 24 seven, we, we adjust the time multiplier down to account for that. Okay, and it looks like you, the indicator uses two moving averages, not three, which was Tyler's Consensio view. Yeah, so it's um, kind of uses it's uh, the uh, kind of uses um, the SAR as a third moving average, if that makes I any got, sense. I, I, okay, I got it. It makes sense now. Okay, um, so and will you be uh, covering much of this at the workshop in Vegas, or you're saving this for the financial summit in Bali? Um, I'll take about uh, 20 minutes just to walk through some important points about this uh, because I will be, um, this indicator is included for anybody that attends the workshop in um, in Las Vegas. And it's a, a really good deal because I'm charging uh, $500 a year for this indicator and, um, and including it for free for anybody that uh, joins the workshop in Vegas. And that costs 500 bucks a year. So, uh, excuse me, just 500 for the one time. So um, this will be included. And therefore I will take about, you know, 15, 30 minutes to go over um, some of the, the um, intricacies of it. Um, but like you see, it's pretty, pretty darn straightforward. And there, there isn't a whole lot to cover other than what you need to change for different markets and what timeframes work the best, that sort of thing. Okay. And also the indicator does, you do get a year access for this indicator by coming to the financial summit, uh, Dominican Republic or Bali, where Socrates will be as well. And also included is uh, um, access to the Telegram group, which has been going really great so far. Um, been a, a lot of really, really sharp people in there that have been contributing a lot. I've been very active myself and um, been getting a lot of really great feedback. So um, we'll, we'll be happy to have anybody um, join us over there as well. All right. Let's now uh, change gears a little bit. Let's take a little break from crypto. And uh, let's talk about your views on the traditional market uh, and uh, 
Uh, I believe you have a position in gold and stock market, and we can go and take a look at those. All right. Let's go ahead and pull up uh, gold. Absolutely. Do have a... I hope, I hope we don't lose too many crypto people. I do want to plug the financial summit a little bit more uh, before we do, while we still have them. Maybe uh, I know you really had a good time and enjoyed it. And one other thing I was going to comment is I really like the fact that um, uh, you know, you're building your own stuff. And this was uh, Joe Saz attended my workshop, you know, a few years ago. And that was like his biggest takeaway was when I tried to convince people, uh, try to invent your own stuff. And he's coming on the show Saturday. He's been doing amazing work uh, with order books. And he built, uh, I was, uh, you know, I saw he showed me a demo of the indicator that he's using. Uh, with uh, order books and I'm like wow this actually looks really really cool again can't wait for him to demo that at the financial summit as well uh, it's going to be an awesome event down in the Dominican Republic oh it's going to be so much fun and absolutely just had an absolute blast last time uh, so much fun and also um, a lot of good you know, a lot of great stuff uh, that I learned um, so you can't ask for anything more than that and I totally agree shout out to Joe um, he's been doing some really great work uh, we've been talking quite a bit and um, have a, a similar kind of um, outlook on the importance of the order book and he's done a lot more work there and and I think that's pretty much the foundation of how he trades on a more higher time frame basis excuse me lower time frame basis um, and he's got some indicators now that help to visualize that and um, that's just been getting put together very very exciting stuff um, so definitely going to be um, excited to explore that um, so as we go ahead and get into gold um, we'll go ahead and leave on my indicator this is MSR is the th this is how I trade I use MSR to trade myself uh, every other thing that I look at I'm generally looking at as to compliment and to confirm. Oh, I'm sorry, one, one last question. Um, what for Bitcoin, MSR, you, you, you use the indicator on daily time frame as your primary? Uh, four hour. Four hour yeah. is your primary. Yep. Uh, four what, about, what about on gold? What is your primary time frame to use it for? Um, gold primary is going to be weekly. Um, and I also pay very close attention to daily to help with kind of, uh, trimming and, um, some, if I'm looking to kind of pyramid in that sort of thing. Um, so on the, on the traditional markets, I am, uh, only really looking at weekly charts and notice that that's going to give me similar sorts of situations as Bitcoin does on the four hour, um, uh, just, uh, with the way that, that, that I use the four hour with the higher time frames. Um, so gold is a, a, a really great example of how this can work um, for parabolic markets, um, adjusted the time multiplier down to 21. And what we see is that it's going to get us in very near the bottom of these uh, parabolic moves. And sometimes we'll see kind of like we did in, uh, in that short where you, you close the long and re-enter like 30% higher, which maybe in the time that, that would really be frustrating. But over, overall, um, that's going to be a really, really good trade if you're, the worst you did was miss out on a little bit of unrealized profit. And then um, getting out very, very near the top of that parabolic move, um, absolutely beautiful. And then again, we get a buy signal right here. Um, which uh, absolutely I was taking in a pretty significant way. 
Um, we pulled back and into a golden cross on the weekly. Um, I actually covered this um, pretty regularly when I was on the Hyperwave channel with Tyler, uh, was looking at this as just an absolute ideal opportunity to go ahead and build a position uh, due to MSR, due to these moving averages and due to the patterns of the um, uh, bull flag as well as the cup and handle. Um, so here was where I was entering, um, bought in um, physical and also bought um, some paper uh, contracts and have been um, looking at some very big targets. Um, so here I am basically in and looking to hold. Um, first target was this horizontal, which we reached very nicely right here. Um, next target is going to be this horizontal, which I expect to be reached now that we have taken out this high. Um, and I'm going to be paying close attention to um, trend lines that start to develop with these lows and be viewing these trend lines as very um, important areas of support. Uh, so right here, I am long and I plan on being long for years and um, I'm looking for new all time highs. Um, probably next year. And, and, uh, and I'm seeing a lot of similarities between Bitcoin and gold, which is, is very interesting to, to kind of think about from a macro perspective. All right. So as usual, I have questions. Uh, let's uh, get rid of those lines and bring the indicator back up. You got it. Okay. All right, so I do have to point out that this current long trade on gold while being very good uh, would have come after a losing short trade that was preceded by a three-year flat trade. So you could be very frustrated with this indicator um, on, on a long time scale like weekly gold charts and saying screw it and miss out on a really good trade. So this is where you know some backtesting history needs. If you're gonna if you're gonna use something, I mean, obviously you almost want to build it yourself, but you kind of have to trust it so you can see how the prior two trades would have been incredibly, incredibly frustrating. But the current trade somewhat made up for that. You are 100% right. And that is something that I harp on in the um, description that I have on, on my website. And um, uh, yeah, that, that's something that is that is very, very important. And I mentioned that, um, you know, with trading a system like this, and, and a, a lot of systems um, can fit into this category, is that one of the biggest risks is to get so frustrated that you decide not to take a signal. Um, that uh, missing one signal can turn a um, what would have been a profitable year into a losing year. There, it's very, very, very often that um, it's very common that about 80 to 90 percent of your profits are going to come from about 10 to 20 percent of your signals. And if you're not, uh, if you're going to be um, passing on signals after having a couple losses then you're going to be um, never, you know, um, beating the market or, or making money from a system. As far as I'm concerned, to, to actually consistently implement something over a long time, you have to be executing no matter what. And um, that is something that will, that will be very frustrating at times. And real quickly, I'm just going to go back to Bitcoin um, to show uh, how we had kind of a similar situation. Let's see here. Not sure where that happened. Uh, pull it back up. 
but essentially as we were up here, um, notice, notice what we had happen in here. Uh, we have short 10-3, uh, close at 10-9, short 10-3, close at 10-5. So right here, you're just getting whipped in and out mercilessly. And this is, I was taking all of these positions in real time um, publicly, and it, it does get frustrating when you're, all right, I'm short here. All right, I'm closing here. All right, I'm shorting again here. And then when you finally get this one, it's like, well, am I going to, am I going to really take this one? I just got whipped in and out of these two. Uh, everybody's telling me never to short Bitcoin. Am, am I going to take it? And if you don't, you know, boom, they, you missed the one that works out. So absolutely great point. And I'm glad that you brought that up. Um, uh, uh, trading is going to very much be a, um, a function of your ability to execute signals regardless of what happened in the past. And this is a perfect example. Um, this was a big loser uh, right here. You shorted the absolute bottom. I mean, absolute bottom, lost 20% or so. I'm um, not quite 20%, say 15%. Uh, very significant loser, um, but you've already more than made up for it. Um, and that is how um, this should work. And that's how a lot of systems should work is you should have small losers, medium losers, and then you should have small winners, medium winners, and big winners. The small and medium winning and losing trades will generally be a wash. And then you get these big winners that make up your whole year, or in this case, maybe decade. Um, yeah, that for me, that three or four year no profit trade would have been more frustrating because it just ties up your capital. Totally. I would rather lose you know, 10, 20% on a position Hell, 30% on a position, not on a portfolio, of course. Mm -hmm. This is where uh, your uh, money management and your position sizing matters. Uh, I would rather lose 30% on a position within the, first, within the first couple of days than get stuck for years tying up capital in a position that did not bear fruit. Yeah, that's um, yeah, very, very good point. And I would think that the, I would have to agree um, that the time is more important in a lot of cases than the the amount of PNL. Um, if you lose thirty percent in ten days, well, you can make that back pretty darn quickly. Whereas if you break even for four years, well, you, you just really cost yourself a, a whole heck of a lot of opportunity to compound your money. Um, so yeah, absolutely. I agree that this would be one of the most frustrating situations um, that you could have and is also a, a good example of why I do think that it is important to, to trim positions. And this is a spot where if I'm uh, shorting, I'm, I'm absolutely going to be trimming. Once it moves about 15% in my favor, I look to take about 15% off the table um, to try to lock in a little bit of money and if i was able to trim a little bit that'd make this maybe a little less painful but no matter what when we have flat markets that you're trying to trade it's going to be painful and this is actually a situation where i kind of like this um, because this is a situation where a lot of people are going to be losing a lot of money when you're trapped in a sideways range for four years um, and you're trying to trade a trend trading strategy um, for the most part most tools are going to cause you to kind of buy near the top and sell near the bottom. And if I see uh, my system is breaking even over a four year range, whereas most almost all other systems that I know would be losing money there, I realize this would be very frustrating, but it's actually beating the alternatives. <laughs> uh, yep. Yeah. So uh, no, the, 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 those are all good points because look, there's always another trade. You can always make up the wins if you're good. No matter how good you are, you ain't getting time back. <laughs> <laughs> That's for damn sure. Think, think about it that way. And um, uh, so uh, 
two more things. Oh man, what was the other one? I was like, oh yeah, yeah. So that's that that was an, that's an important lesson that if you do trust your TA signal, like you you have to keep taking it until you are you know ready to give up or change it, and then you don't use it. Like when you start using your TA kind of selectively, it actually like uh, is going to be a lot harder for you to trade profitably. Uh, that means you need to like adjust. Uh, that particular TA signal. Uh, so that was lesson number one. And probably, actually, that's probably lesson number two, everything we just said. Lesson number one would be, no matter how good you think this indicator is or any other indicator, if you're going to go all in on the next call, it'll probably be the last indicator you ever use. Uh, so uh, keep that in mind as well. Uh, just don't go all in. On, on any trading um, signal. Hey, can we just uh, real quick before we move on to the S&P, can you just turn this into a daily chart? I wanna see how this indicator behaves. You got it. Yeah, and I have been uh, paying attention to this um, and here we do get a kind of a good example of it getting more choppy of opening longs towards the top, uh, opening shorts towards the bottom. So this would have been quite painful um, right through here trading this on the daily. Um, but again, you know, the, the losses are, are pretty manageable, at least in relation to the reward. And uh, yeah, have been kind of keeping an eye on this, was wondering if we were going to get a close short signal, uh, excuse me, close long signal here. If that was to occur, I was probably going to take a little bit off of the table, a little bit more, and then add it back um, if we got a, um, you know, a new signal, but didn't happen. So just kind of been um, waiting to see. Uh, I'm, everything's looking real strong. <laughs> All right, uh, let's go through with the stock market. All right. And you and you and your primary time frame is also weekly here, right? Yes, that is correct. And this is um, a situation where um, uh, this signal occurred a while ago, and absolutely, I got um, rather um, bearish in here. Um, despite this not turning uh, bearish, not even telling to exit along. Uh, so this is not the reason um, that uh, any long exposure was opened on the weekly. Um, and this would be a good uh, example of sometimes the signal just already occurred. So we'll be looking to, to zoom in or um, you know complement with other maybe patterns or other indicators, that, that sort of stuff. Um, but uh, did get a, a nice long um, that occurred here in 2016 after this sort of shakeout, which has me really interested. In gold, we saw it was at 700. It told you to get out and then back in at 1,000, where it was like right in the middle of the parabolic move. Right here, we see something similar. Um, really interesting to see. Actually got you out right before that uh, Black Monday. That's really cool. Um, so here you have right in the middle of this big parabolic move. Uh, uh, where it tells you to exit and then get back in at a worse price. Let me let me ask you something. Are you all? I'm. Uh, I mean, like I'm. I'm pretty good at. I mean, like again, 15 years of straight up trading gives me. I'm a little surprised this indicator got you out before Black Monday. Yeah, that's. Are uh, you? Yeah, I, I was um, surprised to see that myself when um, I forget who brought it up. Uh, um, I, I was thinking, man, if there, if there was any sort of crash, flash crash that happened too fast for us to get out, that should have been it. And um, yeah, that was 
a pretty, um, pretty, pretty interesting situation. That's what's so um, exciting to me about this is the not only the ability to get you entered, but to get you out um, near the top of these parabolic moves in 2000, um, out very near the top. Yeah, and that, that's the that, that's the good one, right? Like it literally got you in in 1990 and got you out in 2000. That's a good run up. Yep, that's, that's exactly probably good. a better run up than the current run up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. From 328 to 1305. Um, yeah, I mean, this is only 3x. And uh, yeah, I guess it's actually pretty similar. Um, so that, that, yeah, that's interesting. But uh, so yeah, that that's what I really like to see is that it keeps you exposed. Um, and then it knows when to get you out. It's, it's, it's really amazing. It's not uh, yeah, much, much bigger move there for sure. Um, so yeah, that's, um, that's what I really like to see is, is the, the exits that they keep you in through all this, like this big move down, kept you in through that, uh, kept you in through this and then got you out. Um, so yeah, that's what is really exciting for me is with uh, everybody um, that's been paying attention knows that these markets are very overextended. And um, in this situation, you want exposure to the long side because the thing is moving up and it's moving up fast. But you got to have a way to protect yourself from these crashes as far as I'm concerned. I'm never myself going to be comfortable holding through these types of bear markets. So I need to have something that I trust that's going to keep me in while it's going up and get me out. And at times, cause me to get out and get back in at a worse price, but that's okay because I'm gonna be protecting myself from a market that's in a big danger of really rolling over, which this absolutely was. Um, so so yeah. what, what my, my suggestion or addition, I know you're not an options trader, but you and I discussed it you know, pre-show uh, that you are gonna you know, start to learn that a little bit more. And uh, uh, so my addition to this, because it's such a, because it's on weekly timeframes and it's more designed for the slow uh, movement up, this seems like uh, a perfect complement uh, to an indicator like this would be buying protective puts upon the break of a trend line uh, while not, you know, telling you to get out via indicator. That's very interesting and, and absolutely um, makes, makes, a, makes a lot of sense. And um, uh, yeah, that, that's something that I'm going to need to um, get. Uh, like, uh, yeah, we talked before the show this year, I think. Right. That like, if you, like if you just throw in like reasonable trend lines, uh, like on the upside, right? Like you entered that trade and um, you put in some reasonable trend lines and right, the break of that trend line enters you into an insurance protective put position uh, at that moment, uh, because at that moment, there is a high probability that the indicator will tell you to get out, but, it, but if it starts to go down fast, it's gonna significantly cut into your profit. But prior to the break of that trend line, there's no reason to hedge your position. Absolutely. And that's, uh, yeah, where, where I definitely need uh, to be more sophisticated. Um, and, and just a, a quick question for you. So how I would go about this right now myself is to take a little bit of profit off the table, which I think has a very similar effect. Uh, I mean, it is a hedge. It has a similar effect to buying a put if this breaks down and I'm kind of worried about 
getting out at a worse price, I go ahead and take uh, maybe 20, 30% off of the table to lock in some of that profit um, is, is kind of my approach is, is um, what, what would I gain from using puts there instead? Well, um, you don't have to exit your actual long position. It's just like buying insurance. Okay, right, right. Um, so it's basically buying a put is basically buying an insurance policy. So no matter how far it falls by like lower, uh, you still get to retain that difference and you're paying a premium for that. Okay. And would you do it with like a similar exposure to your overall position? Or? Yeah, you would cover your entire position. So let's say your your position has um, uh, the... Uh, what do you call it? Not market cap. The uh, oh man, the notional of your position is say you know twenty thousand dollars worth of S and P. You would protect like your car, right? You have a twenty thousand dollar car. You're protecting a nineteen thousand dollar car by paying you know what five six hundred dollars a year in an insurance policy, and you have that you know you can uh, you have that little bit. It's 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 kind of like a similar deal. So you would, so out of that $20,000 notional, you would pay like a $500 premium and you can protect it for the next year or so. And if it goes, you know, below 20K, you still keep your 20K. Yeah, that, that, uh, that is a much better um, deal than just trimming a little bit that cover that locks in the profit for the entire position um, at a, um, at um, what is, I'm assuming, a, a reasonable premium. That's where I don't, uh, I don't know how much a premium would cost and how um, how reasonable it would be. But I, it sounds uh, like the market is pretty efficient on something like the S and P 500. So uh, it's uh, whatever that premium is, it's the fair market premium. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and I, I really like that idea. Um, so yeah, um, I appreciate you. Um, because uh, you can see what happens when you draw your next trend line after your next entry. Yep, and that's where I did turn uh, quite bearish. Was yeah, this action here, right? And um, and once it starts going back up and starts approaching that trend line once again, uh, you don't have that much to worry about because what happens is uh, you don't even need that trend uh, that trend line again because in my view, if you ex just extend that first trend line, no, no, I'm sorry, not that one. My bad. The 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 the, the middle one then. If you just extend that one and get rid of the last one that you drew. Uh, right. So once the market starts going back up in 2019 and starts approaching that trend line once again, if the market isn't going any higher, because I think your indicator would have gotten you out if that dip after bouncing off the bottom of the trend line, if it went down another half a percent, I think your indicator would have said get out. That's uh, because that's, that's when the moving averages are ready to roll over. Exactly right. So yep. At that point, you're not actually buying insurance because now, because of that big dip that you had protected, you're, you're not going to be waiting to go lower than that. Your indicator will get you out before a new swing low. That's yeah, that's a really, really good uh, input. And yeah, I'm excited to, um, to, to learn some more about that uh, from, from, from you and, uh, and potentially others as well. I think that there's um, a lot of um, alpha to be made from knowing how to um, use the best instruments to trade. <laughs> All right, um, and on this note, let's go to the daily S&P and close it out. Um, and uh, also have you used this on any single names or not yet? 
have I used? Um, oh, wow, look, look at that trend line. Look how beautiful that is. Yeah, I, I hadn't noticed this. Um, <laughs> We broke down, but then I just forgot about it. I didn't notice um, this action here. I mean, that is absolutely beautiful. Um, so yeah, that uh, that sure would have been interesting to be aware of in real time. Um, but yeah, I am uh, really interested in the the S and P. I guess before going to the daily, let me just put in some phase lines. Oh, we have one more question, real quick. If you go back to the weekly, um, do you have a hyperwave preset? Like, what do you think we are? I still think we're in phase three. I am, uh, I'm thinking that we're just, just now establishing phase four. And that, that was why I wanted to go back to the um, weekly here real quick. Um, I should probably save some hyperwave lines. I don't think I've done Oh that. man, see phase four makes it tricky because if this is phase four, then we could be seeing a top within a year. And I still think the market will shoot in Trump's next year. Like, Next term, I mean, not next year. Yeah, it's, um, it's I think, uh, really compelling to me to draw in this phase four here. And we can do it pretty darn precisely um, with Tyler's rules using um, these corrections here, close here, close here, um, catch that wick, and then we get that close above it here. Uh, so to me, this is a very compelling phase four. I love the angle. Um, I love the duration of phase three. It's like we've been in this phase three. It's a funky. Uh, here we had phase two, uh, phase three, phase four, and then catch support at phase two. So now we're funky uh, phase three. Um, this duration of phase three and angle, um, everything here is lining up and really looks like phase four should be prepared to take off, just kind of based on how long this lasted, how long this lasted. You, you want um, each phase to have a slightly less duration and a steeper angle. And that's exactly what we see here. So um, as we took out this side, and this was something Tyler and I were talking about um, for a while, is if we can break above these highs, then um, it's time to pencil in phase four. And, and when you decide to like kind of, instead of penciling it and actually draw it in with marker, that's very disputable and, and debatable. Um, I'm about ready to do that um, after this last touch point here. I'm really liking the angle. And I do think what, what I would give it um, based on the, um, uh, the, the ratio of each, of, of each phase is I would say we could have definitely a two to three year um, phase four. And, um, and furthermore, if we enter phase four, the, the minimum return we should expect in a phase four is 2x from the high of phase three. That's like a, a, a really... That, that's totally in line with projections that I've, been, that I've said since my first days on YouTube. I've always said S&P to 5,000, Dow to 75,000, and that would be totally in line with that. Yep, that's exactly that's exactly what I'm looking at. Is um, that's uh, I'm saying if 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 this is phase four, which I'm going to say 75 for 80 percent in my mind, it is. Um, if that's the case, then my target would be uh, for the S and P 6,000 um, by 2022, 2023, um, and that's I think, like I said, 75, 80 percent. I, I am I'm feeling pretty darn. I think it's a strong, strong case to be made that this is phase four here. It's really reacting like it. And 
Um, and yeah, uh, and, and, and that's like kind of on the lower end. We, uh, phase fours can return much more than 2X, the high of phase three, but uh, that's kind of a, a very um, a re responsible target would be a 2X. <laughs> I, I got to say something. I mean, like, there's always comments in the chat. Um, the whole Ponzi SPX is a bubble, period, with all caps. If, the, if global innovation that allows you to watch this YouTube channel and comment on it is a Ponzi, then Bitcoin is a bigger Ponzi, right? Like, do, do you realize you're complaining about like the fact that you're able to comment, right? Like YouTube, video streaming, the internet, technology, that's what the S&P 500 is. It's the value of the companies that made that happen. <laughs> yep, absolutely right. The strongest, strongest economy in the world. And, um, and I mean, I, I do um, have, um, you know, some, some opinions myself in terms of the, uh, um, the valuations being a result of quantitative easing and, and funny money being added into the system um, over inflating. But that's what's helping it rise. Like, I, like, like, do you guys understand that the reason why S&P is rising is because they're printing money. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So how, if, how do you make money on that? Like gold is going up like this and S&P 500 is going up like this. And yep. if you're buying more gold, like you're gonna complain. Yeah, yeah, like uh, I think uh, if you can't beat them, join them. When the, when the music's playing, uh, it's time to dance and uh, the music is definitely playing. Uh, regardless of what make is making the market go up, we can talk about that till our face goes blue. The fact is that the market is going up and therefore we wanna be long. And it's as simple as that. As long as we have a, a good way to protect ourselves from the downside, because for sure we um, know um, what happens after phase fours of hyperwaves. And if this is entering phase four of a hyperwave, people that have been in Bitcoin um, have uh, starting to um, realize what happens that maybe if we don't return all the way to phase one, it, it gets um, pretty darn close. Uh, uh, so yeah, uh, we'll be very interested to see what happens there. Hey guys, I know you want us to take a look at individual stocks and you have a hundred questions and uh, Socrates and I can talk markets all day, every day for a week, which is actually exactly what we do at the financial summit. But I already did uh, a video before this and I can only stream for so long, already on an hour and a half straight and there's other work to do. So we are gonna have to wrap this up, uh, but not before we promote and show the financial summit one last time. Uh, it's literally traders, traders, hedge funds, uh, there's some educational component. It's really going to be advanced. Uh, if you have a strategy that uh, you are looking to monetize with a hedge fund uh, because you don't have the capital to really take advantage of it, you don't have the programming skills to really take advantage of it, this is the place to meet the people that uh, hopefully you can trust. Uh, you're going to spend a week with them. You're going to network and uh this is where connections are made. And after these events, uh, hopefully your profits will improve. And uh, there is an educational component. We are providing you with pretty much uh, not, uh, your entry fee worth of value in uh, indicators. If I can get a few other 
uh, traders to sign up that offer products. We will have their products available for you as well. I want to provide more value if you were to buy them individually than the entry to the actual event. Um, it is, uh, I, I, I can't think of a better networking event for traders. That, that, that's all I can say. We're going to try to bring in more hedge funds in there. Uh, and uh, it, it's really great. Please check out the testimonial videos. Uh, yeah. That one is soccer. Hey, um, just speak to what you were talking about there uh, up front at the, at the beginning. Um, have been uh, uh, working with a couple people that I met out there and uh, getting, I think, what could turn out to be a really great opportunity to um, kind of do what you said. I, uh, I'm working with a couple guys who have a fund and I have um, given them a couple of my strategies that I have um, kind of developed and put together and they are um, uh, putting those into algorithms and uh, using some of the um, different uh, botting platforms that they already have set up across different exchanges to implement those strategies. And they're going to be putting up the money and giving me um, a, a portion of the profit. Uh, if, we, if we are profitable at the end of the day, I will be um, not having to risk my capital, just providing my strategies and getting a percentage of that um, uh, if, if, it, if everything goes well. So that's uh, just a tremendous opportunity that only came about due to the connections made out in Bali. And the one final point, I know the price point is kind of high. Now I feel like making it one Bitcoin again, like I did for Bali. <laughs> I didn't actually, honestly, I didn't expect Bitcoin to go up this fast and um, uh, in this time. And um, uh, if you feel that the price point is high, I will just tell you this, several people come to this event that want me to make it higher because they will not even consider coming to this event if this number is any smaller. And those are the people you wanna meet, not the people that uh, wanna pay 500 bucks to be there. Absolutely, and you, and you mentioned um, uh, wanting to get um, gifts like uh, giveaways that equal the value of the ticket, and uh, you're already there as far as I'm concerned because a huge portion of that cost is going towards the um, the five star resort, seven days on a five star resort on a beach, all your all you can drink uh, after five o'clock, and uh, food, um, all that is included with those um, added um, services. So as far as I'm concerned, you, you're already offering more of a value than you know people um, are paying for before they get there. And based on the resort we were at in Bali, I actually ruined uh, future resort experiences for many people. That's, that's for darn sure. That was, <laughs> Into the future, because I, I've never stayed at a nicer place in my life. Yeah, that, that was fantastic. So thank you again for having me. Really looking forward to joining uh, uh, not only in Bali, but also in the Dominican Republic. Yeah, Dominican's coming up. We're trying to make it as good. It was it was not easy. Like we're, we're like comparing everything in DR we're looking at to Bali and we're like, ah, oh, damn it. It has to be at least come close. And it was not easy. It was not easy. Anyway, um, uh, Socrates will also be joining us in Vegas for Unconfiscatable where that workshop is being taught. And don't forget, uh, understanding Bitcoin uh, taking place in Malta in May. It feels like ages from now, uh, but this is my current life, working on three conferences at the same time. Um, all right, um, I think that's good. We're going to take a, I'm not even talking about the S&P 500 from my end, from Sequential. The daily is at an eight. So look for a local top tomorrow 
in the S&P 500. Tomorrow is also Friday. So that is a perfect time uh, to potentially, you can always get back in on Monday. If you're a short-term swing trader, consider taking some profit tomorrow um, on the S&P 500. My gold view is still somewhat neutral, though that is a bullish candle. And we got to take a look at what's going on with the coronavirus. And um, I did restart my computer. And this thing was at 45 last time I refreshed. And we're now at 60. Uh, again, I've been, uh, we've been looking at this. We've been looking, we've been charting this. This is potentially in a hyperwave. Uh, Socrates, if you have time, uh, you should check it out. The number of infections, even though they're lying about the numbers, but we're using the best numbers that we have. And uh, according to speaking with some of the doctors, uh, that I, they're in my network and doing some analysis on the current spread of, of uh, infection, uh, the peak should come around late April. So we probably have not seen the worst of it yet. Uh, definitely be careful when you're traveling and uh, go from there. Yeah, that's uh, fascinating. Um, we thought a lot about um, how hyperwaves occur in uh, anywhere that doesn't have to do with a financial market um, that isn't driven by fee, uh, fear or greed. Uh, that was something that really fascinated us. And um, this could be a great example. We never, never, I don't think ever considered the spread of disease. We, we thought about um, uh, cell, cell division and how cells divide, but uh, a disease spreading, that is very interesting. And I think that that would be a perfect fit for um, what would take the shape of a hyperwave once it really starts moving. Um, that's, that's absolutely fascinating. All right, and we're gonna go ahead and leave it here. Uh, so obviously we didn't even promote your stuff, but the links are in the video description. Uh, check out Soccer Team Streams on YouTube. Also check them out on Twitter. Uh, the links are in the video description. And if you're not subscribed, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Excellent. Well, thanks again for having me on. I'm also on uh, TradingView and uh, Indicator is available on website Socrates.com. So um, I appreciate everybody for tuning in and we'll uh, look forward to catching up with you next time. Uh, I got to throw those two links in the video description as well. I'll do that after the show, guys. All right. Thanks. Talk to you all. On the next one, I got another trader tomorrow coming on uh, that has never been on the show before. And then Joe Saz will come on on Saturday. Uh, talk to you guys tomorrow.